Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Hopefully you're having a great day, a great week. You know, the cafe is always open, amen. We're open 24-7, so you just go ahead and cozy up. We've got a big catalog there on our podcast. You can look us up on your podcast app. Also, too, on YouTube, you can look us up there. Facebook, There's I don't put as much stuff on there, but there's some stuff on there. Cafe is always open, man. We got uh, hundreds of episodes a lot. So you can just listen, listen to your heart's desire. Amen. Thank you again for joining us. Genesis, the last episode, I, I felt bad titling it Genesis chapter one, verse 13, part one, because I didn't even get to verse 13. I got too excited about God's saving grace because David was writing about in the Psalms about his mercy endureth forever. As we looked at the creation story being mentioned in the Psalms. Psalm 134, 135, and 136, there's a mention there. And then, uh, you know, I just kind of got on a tangent there about how God will save to the uttermost. He'll save anybody. He delights in that. You know, um, I, and I promise, going to Genesis 113 in a second, my little business, uh, a lot of times we just buy stuff that's like broken, returned, liquidated. A lot of it lately has been like straight up broken and uh <laughs> You know, I just think it's kind of poetic that God has me uh, in a business that deals with refurbishing or refashioning broken things, because is that not who God is? And certainly we're all broken and we all need him, the potter, to go ahead and make us anew as we get saved. And once he does that, we are so much better than we could have ever been on our own. And life is a joy living large in Jesus. Amen. As they say, life is a joy and heaven will be even better. All right, Genesis 1, 13. And the evening and the morning were the third day. And the evening and the morning were the third day. Okay, so we've gotten through three days here in Genesis 1. We're on the 13th verse. And so far, God's done some incredible things, creating the heaven and the earth, creating the sky, creating dry land, bringing that about giving it also the waters there a place, then creating the seed. And we talked about how poetic and, and how um, that seed is uh, an example for us and how we reap and sow, spiritually speaking, and how this was all created there up until the third day. The evening and the morning were the third day, okay? So now, as we move to the third day, I want to look at that idea of the number three, amen, the number three. So this here, I think, and I think I can say this because I didn't study it too hard, but this here, I believe, is the first mention of three in the Bible. Um, (laughs) Maybe someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm just scanning it over here. In the first 12 verses, I'm not seeing the word three. Now, there could be a pattern of some three things, but this is the mention of three. And as the number three is mentioned, I think it's important to look at the number three because the number three is a very significant number. 
And I'm going to bring this right back to creation here with Romans 1.20. Paul writes, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And so we have here Romans 1.20 telling us about the creation of the world, these invisible things of him, who's him, that's God, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So man is going to be without excuse when they face God in part because it's very clear that God is an intelligent designer. And part of that comes into right here in Genesis chapter 1 in verse 13, and it says in the evening and the morning were the third day. Now you may be thinking three, and you may immediately think, and this is a good one, Jesus rose on the third day. And we probably could stop right there if we if we needed to, because that is, of course, a very big part of the number three in the Bible. But let's take a step back and just look at the number three in our lives. You know, a lot of times people go on a three-day trip. When you preach a sermon, there's typically three points, and we get that from Paul. Uh, how many strikes in baseball? Three. I'm a big sports fan there. How many points from behind the line in basketball? Three. How many points for a field goal in football? Three. In wrestling, if you get a pin, they have to hold them down, as I understand it, three seconds. We measure length, uh, width, and height. Those are three unique ways. Every object is three-dimensional. And I got some of this information through research. It's not all my own name. Okay, I think I got all this information through research, okay? Triangles have three edges. Stoplights have three lights. Essays have an intro, body, and conclusion, three parts. You have a soul, spirit, and body, three unique aspects to who you are. There are three states of matter, solid, liquid, and gas, like land, sea, and air. There are three types of fossil fuel, coal, oil, and gas. Pottery falls into three main classes, porous-bodied, stoneware, and porcelain. You have three meals in a day, typically, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There are three months to a quarter in the business world. Divisions of time are past, present, and future. There are three total. Hey, I feel like I could really impress you here with all of this number three, but we're taking a wide look at just the importance of the number three in our day-to-day life, understanding that God created this system of numbers. And now we're going to look more specifically in the Bible at what the Bible says about the number three, right when we come back from this break. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. Okay, so the number three, there's a Hebrew definition, shalosh, which means harmony, new life, and completeness. God is all-knowing and wise beyond our understanding. He uses numbers to help illustrate points in the Bible that are important to him, like the number seven. And, for example, with the number seven, Joshua in chapter six, uh, God has the Israelites go around the city seven times on the seventh day to give them the promised land. Seven, the number of completion. Amen. Joshua 6, 16, and it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said, the people, unto the people, shout for the Lord hath given you the city. The word created is used seven times describing God's creative work. And that's in our study here in Genesis 1, 1, 21, 27, three times, uh, and then two, Genesis 2, 3, and 2, 4. 
Numbers can symbolize negative in the Bible as well. John 6.66, I mention this verse quite often, actually. Uh, This is when men walked away from Jesus, choosing to act uh, the way of the world. John 6.66, so three sixes. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. This is when Jesus was telling them, hey, you know what? There's more to me than just healing and free food. You know, there's something here or created food and miraculous food. There's, you know, you're going to have to take up your cross. And they didn't like that at all. Uh, literally, in the book of Revelation, we we're given a number, Revelation 13, 16 through 18. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name, here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. So we see 666. We understand numbers are significant to God and reveal to us special meaning. God can use numbers literally like a verse of scripture, right? He, this was the third day, like we just read, right? Or in patterns, like someone doing something three times. Or in a count, like someone had three horses or there were three buildings there. As we see an example from the book of John, the numbers of the numbers of the passages of Scripture can tell us something too. When we see God using a number in Scripture, we can relate back what that number means to what is happening in Scripture. So if we know the number three means new life, harmony, and most importantly, completeness, then we can associate these ideas with the number we see in Scripture and understand the context in a way that God would have us to understand. Let's look at Luke 13, 7. Then said he unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it to the ground? Why cumbereth it the ground? So why, why bother having this tree here? There was three years, and that was the significant time, okay? Significance of three means completeness. This is a parable from Jesus. He's prophetically foretelling the coming days when what would happen? Their Messiah was there. He would be cut down. Of course, he'd be risen again, but he no longer, that whole era, that time period, amen, that they could have anointed him king, they didn't, right? They didn't bear the fruit that they should have. And for us, we must be born again, accept Jesus as Messiah to bear fruit for him. You see that number three is significant. Another one too, and and I won't go deep on this, but like the number 40 in the Bible is a number of testing. Jesus Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights. And and, uh, after uh, he was risen from the dead, he walked the earth 40 days and 40 nights. The 40 is a number of testing in the Bible. So you see that as well. But when we see... God used the number three. It's very significant. That's our point here today. When God speaks three times, Jesus tells Peter three times to go feed his sheep. This is a recognition of what Peter had done. Remember what Peter had done? They had asked him if he knew Christ and he denied him thrice, three times. Amen. This is divine forgiveness and encouragement where Jesus there is encouraging on the beach there. Peter sees him when he's fishing. He runs to him. And they're having their cookout there, their breakfast there. And Jesus is telling them, look, it's okay. Feed my sheep, feed my flock, feed my lambs, Peter. Okay. It's three times. There's significance to it. God calls Samuel three times in 1 Samuel 3, 8. 
in showing his power and discretion to communicate with a child instead of the aging high priest Eli, since Eli had neglected to do what God called him to do, which was rebuke his sons and get rid of the corruption of the Israelites. So when God calls us, it is, uh, calls us, we must obey, amen? And when we see things like the finality or the completeness of the calling of Samuel, and you, if you understand the Old Testament, you understand Samuel played a huge role uh, all the way up to King David, amen? The temple, the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holy. You have three areas, right? You have the temple, and then you have the courts, right? The inner and outer courts, and the holy of holies, the holy place, okay? The outer court is where people would gather to worship, the inner court for the priests, the building itself where the sacrifices and the holy of holies existed, amen? These three areas show us the importance of the number three and the fullness of the Godhead, which is the triune God. And guess what? Here we go again. And I don't know I'll have time for this. We might have to go on episode, uh, next episode with this one. Here we go. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's the triune God, the Holy Ghost. That's who, who's living within us. He's living within us when we are saved, us being the saved. God the Son and God the Father. That's I just went the backwards route, but the forwards or the regular route is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the three-in-one Godhead or the triune God. That's no mistake, right? So the number three isn't by accident. So the number three is incredibly important to God, and God is helping us understand this all the way back in Genesis 1.13 when we read, and the evening and the morning were the third day. God's saying, here's this number three, go ahead and pay attention to it, right? We're very, and I, I, I'm sure somebody could even look, this is how deep I believe the Bible is. You could even look at like what is created in those first three days and then look and see how it all relates to Christ. I and mean, you could paint a beautiful portrait of Christ just by looking at the creation in those days, like we already talked about with the seed, amen, with the water, amen, all, all of these great things, with the heaven and so on and so forth. Because Christ is the creator of earth. The Bible, John 1 tells us that. And so the holy triune God, God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, gives us number three in a perfect light. I've got more on the number three that we're going to tackle on the next episode. Amen. I've got more on the number three. We're going to get to that in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time as we dive deeper into Genesis chapter one. Thank you for listening. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow, same time, same place.